Hi, English learners, and welcome to our sixth lesson with phrasal verbs. So phrasal verbs, as I've been saying for the past six lessons, are super, super important. If you don't know your phrasal verbs, you absolutely want to learn them. A lot of times people won't learn them until they're already uh, pretty advanced in their learning of English. So if you are an intermediate uh, speaker, this is a great time for you to start learning these phrasal verbs because native speakers use them constantly. They're like regular vocabulary for us. Uh, if you have a conversation with a native speaker that lasts for 10 or 15 minutes, I can almost guarantee you that they will say at least, probably more, one phrasal verb. So they're really, really something that you want to know. So that means that you have to practice them. You don't wanna do the thing where you just memorize a bunch of words and then just kind of forget them. You've gotta practice them. So here are some ways to practice. The first and best way, of course, is to use them in a conversation. If you live in a native uh, English-speaking country, if you live in an English-speaking country, that's the best way to do it because you can just have a natural conversation and throw some of these in. Maybe not the ones from this week, but maybe some of the past ones or some other ones that you know. Find an English partner. You can find one online. You can just search for one. You can also, if you are learning English in a school, uh, get a friend who's also learning English and just practice with them a little bit. You can write them down in a sentence. That's actually a great way to do it. Uh, people who say, I can't talk to anybody. I don't have, have anyone to talk to. Write stuff down. And you can actually go to my website, alisasenglish.com. I will post this lesson in there. If you want to write your sentence in the comment section, I will do my best to comment on it, uh, correct it, or say awesome sentence. That way you know that you're using it correctly. Because the key isn't just to memorize what these things mean. The key is for you to know how to use them. So you've got to actually use them if you're going to be able to do that. The final way that I recommend that you practice these is to just search for the phrase in a sentence. So uh, make do with in a sentence. That's one of our phrasal verbs for this week. Uh, so just search make do with in a sentence and just see how other people use it so you can get an idea of the usage of, of these words. I can't stress that enough. I am working with somebody who uh, is from a non-native uh, English speaking country. Uh, they're a non-native speaker, and they know a lot of words, and we can communicate just fine, but the way that they use English is completely incorrect, and it makes everything that they say sound really dramatic and aggressive and a little rude, and that's because they don't understand how to use the language, and so in that way, they're not communicating in the way that they want to, even though they're using words that technically mean what they're trying to say, the words they're saying just come off as being quite frankly rude and mean. And that's, and it's a very nice person, so that's not how they mean to say. So I really just cannot emphasize enough how important it is to use words correctly. Anyway, with that said, here are this week's phrasal verbs. So the first one is breakdown. The second one is callback. And the third one is been around. I'm sorry, I lied, make do with, I think that was last week. So we have breakdown, callback, and been around. So breakdown can mean to examine, 
different parts of something. So like if you have a car or if you have a problem, you can break it down into pieces. So you break it down, you separate it out into pieces. Like if you have a complicated math problem, maybe you wanna separate out the steps of a math problem. You're breaking it down. You're breaking down the problem. So an example sentence would be, this is a complex math problem, but let's break it down into small parts so we can easily solve. So you can say, this is a complex anything. Let's break it down into easier parts. Breakdown can also refer to communication between two people or two groups stopping. So when there's a breakdown in communication, that means communication between the two groups has stopped. So that might mean that they've completely stopped talking to each other, or it might mean, yeah, they're talking to each other, but the conversation is not moving forward at all. Think of like Middle East peace. There's clearly a breakdown. And there has been for a very long time um, in that situation. So yeah, the sides talk from time to time, but no one's really moving forward. The conversation isn't moving forward. We're not any closer to a solution. Or maybe you're listening to this podcast 10 years from now and, and that Middle East piece has been solved and you'll be thinking, what am I talking about? For, but for right now, during the time of this, there has been a total breakdown in that. So a breakdown in communication just means two sides or two people or two groups, or more, it can be more than two. They've stopped talking completely, or it could mean they're talking, but they're not making any progress whatsoever. No progress at all. So for example, here's a sentence. The negotiations may be over. There has been a breakdown in communication between the two companies. So breakdown can also mean that a machine has stopped working. So this most commonly, I think, happens with copying machines. If you work in an office, then I'm sure you've experienced the situation of the copy machine breaking down. I think that happens in every single office. I know it happens in every single office across America, so I'm assuming it happens in every single office across the world, and it's so frustrating. Um, or your printer breaks down. Or the worst thing, your computer breaks down. Your car can break down as well. That can be pretty bad, but it's just a machine that stops working, so it's, it's broken down at that point. So an example sentence would be, the copier is constantly breaking down. So it can also mean that someone loses control of their emotions. So this usually happens after a difficult event or when someone is in some sort of state of distress. So you're having an emotional breakdown, which usually results in a lot of crying and uh, someone talking but they're crying so hard that you have no idea what they're saying and they're just really, really, really upset. Think of like a teenage girl because everything's so dramatic when you're a teenage girl. Um, so someone has broken down emotionally. So it could be because you're a teenage girl and your life is so dramatic and it seems everything seems like such a big deal. Or it can be a breakdown like, I don't know, maybe your parent died or your child died or your spouse died and you're just really just broken for that moment. So all of those things would be you've broken down emotionally. So here's our example sentence. She was crying hysterically. Everyone was worried that she was having a breakdown. It can also refer to chemical components. A lot of definitions for breakdown. It's an important one, so you should really practice this one. So chemical components are disintegrating or breaking apart, kind of like when you break a problem into separate pieces. 
um, you can break chemical components, you can separate them. So when you separate them, you're breaking them down. Example sentence, when you add heat to the solution, you can see the chemicals break down. Finally, our next phrasal verb is call back. So call back means to call someone again. And this can happen in an interview or in an audition. And it's just that you're requesting to see someone for a second time. So if you go in for um, an interview, it goes great. This is your first interview. It goes great. They might call you back. So they want you to come in a second time. This is used with movies and plays and anything in the acting world very often. A callback is, is very common there. Um, this phrase is most often used when someone says, hey, I'll call you back. So maybe you're busy recording your podcast and someone calls you and you can say, hey, I'm busy right now. I'll call you back. So that's where callback is most frequently used. You're going to call someone back on the phone or, hey, send that paper over to me. I'll read it over and then I'll give you a call back. So I'll call you again. We're talking right now. I'm going to hang up. Something else is going to happen. And then I will call you again later. I will call you back. So I mentioned auditions earlier. So again, it's just people are being called for a second time. They're being asked to come to a second interview. In the case of acting, your interview is acting. In the case of an interview with a job, obviously it's, it's a job interview. Callback isn't used that frequently when we talk about job interviews. It's mostly used when we're talking about acting. And um, usually there's a callback list, which is a list of people that they want to see again for a second time. So you can also ask a person to come back to you. So you were here, you left, I want you to come back. I say, hey, John, come back here. In that moment, I'm calling you back. I don't say I'm calling you back, but that's what I'm doing. Hey, Sally, can you come back here for a minute? So you were here, you left, and I want you to come back. So I'm calling you back. I'm asking you to come back. So when I call you back, I'm asking you to uh, come back. So our example sentence is, I called John back to the office. He was here, he left. John, I need you to come back in again. And John says, all right, I just got called back to the office. So he was asked to come in again. Last one, been around. So been around means that someone or a group of people or something has experienced something before. Or they've experienced something for a while. So maybe in the case of work, um, maybe someone who's worked in the office for 10 years, you could say they've been around for a while. They've been here for a while. They've been here for 10 years. So they've experienced or they've existed for a significant period of time. Our example sentence is, he's been around, so I feel comfortable with him running the group. So that just means this person's been here for a long time. They've been here for a while, so I feel comfortable with them. And um, how long been around is, how long you have to have been around <laughs> to say that you've been around, how long you have to have been in existence. That just completely depends on their circumstances. So it's all relative. So in the sentence that I just gave you, uh, this person has experience with something. And so this can also be used for location though. So maybe you have experience in a job and that's what we were talking about before but it can also be about location. How long have you been living here? 
yeah, I've been around this area for the past 10 years, or I've been living around, I've been around this area for my whole life. So example sentences, I've been around here before. So maybe you go, you live somewhere, or maybe you've just visited somewhere. Maybe you visited, I don't know, Paris, and, uh, and you're coming back, and, and you recognize a certain neighborhood or a street, and you say, I've been, I've been around here before. So you've had this experience before. All right, well, that's it. Those are all of our phrasal verbs. Thank you so much for joining me. If you have enjoyed this, please either follow me or like this. And I will see you next Monday for when we do more phrasal verbs. Bye.